Welcome to The Quiet Life. I'm Michael James Wong, meditation teacher, author, founder of Just Breathe, and your host for this podcast. Now it goes without saying that we're living in an uncertain time where everything is changing rapidly. We're living day to day, unsure of the road that lies ahead. And things are getting a little or a lot quieter. So join me on this podcast as we speak to experts and inspiring voices about home practices for your mind and mental health during this time of uncertainty. Listen in as they share their thoughts and daily practices you can do wherever you are. Welcome to The Quiet Life. Welcome to this episode of The Quiet Life. I'm your host, as always, Michael James Wong. And today on the podcast, we have a really interesting conversation. And it's with someone who I really look up to and really am inspired by every time we get a chance to chat. And that is Charlie Dark. How you doing, brother? I'm very good, my friend. Thank you very much. Very, very kind introduction. Yeah. Now, for those of you guys who don't know Charlie, Charlie is the founder of Rundem Crew. He's the Lululemon Global Ambassador for Running. He's a DJ, a poet, and a public speaker, someone who's really um, setting a great path for our, this whole kind of um, fitness and wellness community around running and the impact that it has on not only our physical health, but our mind on our mental well-being. So, Charlie, you and I haven't chatted actually probably in a year or so, and, and we yep. were saying before this started that we always kind of have these really nice, fond passings every so-and-so, <laughs> but we kind of we kind of tick a lot of similar boxes in different yes. categories. You know, everything yeah, that you've done over the years, building Rundem Crew, really pioneering the spirit of a running community is, is kind of similar to, to maybe what, what I had done with, with yoga and yep. mindfulness, meditation for people who who haven't come across you yet maybe don't know kind of the the full story of how your world came together can you just give us a little bit of a story or the journey of charlie and how all the running stuff came about to be such an important part of your life well i i ran at school back in the 80s and then once i got into the music music industry in the early 90s i just kind of stopped exercising altogether and then round about 2000 and to I kind of fell out of love with my music industry experience and I was signed to Sony Records kind of had a quite a large deal was doing a lot of remixes and productions for various different people and releasing albums under the moniker Attica Blues with uh, some friends of mine and I kind of just got very disillusioned with life and with myself and what I'd become and so I guess the beginnings of this quest for fulfillment and self-discovery started to begin but it wasn't really till 2006 when I had a really close friend who died um, in his sleep and it was almost like a catalyst for me to just start taking better care of myself and to be a bit more serious about you know my time and how I was spending it and I started running you know by myself and failed so miserably that I just started running in the nighttime because I was really embarrassed about running in the daytime. And the ideas from that, just kind of the time spent by myself running really late at night around London, 
kind of started making me think that maybe it was something I could share with other people. And that was kind of the roots of how the idea for Run Them Crew began. And I mean, with, with Run Them Crew, and obviously, you know, a lot of people listening will, will know that community and maybe have run with you before or have kind of heard it kind of, you know, it's almost like this, uh, I always think about it kind of as like, it almost has like this ancient lore of London that kind of anyone in, in the wellness, the fitness community know of that community you've built because, you know, even before kind of this big wave of fitness and wellness in the past five years or so, um, I yeah. think you were one of the earliest, if not the earliest pioneer to to take something as um you know as as discipline as running but actually make it community focused and i know you said it was something that maybe you thought you could offer out and create an opportunity for people to get involved but yep. would i be right to assume that part of it was that you needed that need of support and you needed that community around you no you know when i first started running them it, it wasn't about trying to find a community for myself it was really just this idea that all of the communities that I've been part of over the years were slowly breaking apart because of either advancements in technology. So people stopped recording music in big music studios. So those communities started to disperse and people started making music in their bedrooms and releasing stuff online. And so that whole community started to die and clubs started getting closed down. And it was just more a thing of, and then Facebook just became really popular and this idea of connect, staying connected from social media and I just thought the thing about social media is it's easy for vulnerable people to slip through the cracks because they can watch from afar but not necessarily engage so you think they're okay but really they are not and I wanted to have a, a physical space where people could meet at least once a week where you know where you knew your friends would always be there that was my kind of immediate, you know, desire. The actual fact of this big community that grew up as a result of it was something that kind of came by accident where I literally looked around one day and was like, wow, there were a hundred people running behind me. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, so it almost like reminds me, it's almost like that scene out of Forrest Gump where you kind of turn around and go, oh man, yeah. where'd all these people yeah. come from? Yeah. And I think that's a really good way to grow a community as well. Well, what I mean is a lot of times in, in, in the times we live in now, when people talk about community, they immediately think of a big, large community. And for myself, community could be one person. In fact, community starts with yourself. And if you don't have the values of community within yourself, then it's going to be very hard for you to grow a community. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really powerful way to look at it. You know, that, that sense of giving or being seen or making time, you know, traditionally like you would for making time for someone else, showing up for other people. I mean, exactly what you're saying, showing up for yourself, making that time for yourself, putting in the effort. I mean, what were those early uh, early years like? Was it kind of, you know, as you said, you kind of turned around one day and there were lots of people. But was <laughs> I mean, when did you guys start running them crew? We, we started in East London which is um, where I live and work. And it started with myself and imaginary characters in my head. And then that progressed, <laughs> you know. So I was running at, at night one day and I was finding the, the run kind of quite hard. And I just started inventing these characters to kind of motivate me to keep going. Right. And um, so then I started thinking, wow, would it be really amazing if you could actually manifest these characters into real people? So then I, then I called five of my friends. Yeah, and I called one of them was a photographer, 
one of them was a musician one of them was a dancer because he was the only one who had a relationship with his body so we thought well we, we need someone who knows about how the body works and it kind of grew from there you know and then we just had one a friend who was kind of one of those friends who's up for anything because i think you need an enthusiastic person you always around need you when you're yeah. first starting and it started with us running a mile mile and a half every friday night before we went to dj right and it, it literally grew from there and then i was working on some school projects where a lot of kids I, w I was working with as soon as the projects ended they would get back into trouble so i thought you know lots of these kids don't really have a relationship with education but they do have a really strong relationship with sport and so if i can get them running the running is going to bring structure into their lives and it's going to bring a chance for them to be around people who are different from themselves and maybe people who are older than them or and you know and so that was the idea for making the group intergenerational yeah and then and then there was a very deliberate push towards all the women that i knew it was like right i'm doing this thing and i really need you to come down because i wanted to i wanted from the very beginning to have something that was a really good representation of what it's like to live in london so you know i've always had powerful women and strong inspirational women in my you know in my life so i wanted to put them in you know at the heart of the crew because for a lot of young people that was the first time that they'd ever had to kind of really been around female authority or female power that wasn't a teacher or a parent yeah so there were values I'm... that they started to learn and what I really love about that, what I've always loved about, you know, your community and, and, and the people that travel with you or the people that run with you is that it was never built off this um, need to achieve. Like you have to be this good at running or this fast. Yeah. It wasn't kind of a, a performance group. It was actually, um, you know, it was actually just about a sense of community and a sense of equality and a sense of inclusion. Mm. And even the yeah. way that, I mean, I mean, you, we've talked about this before, but also this sense of, of how you've just explained it. I didn't actually realize that the first group was was just your friends. It wasn't like, yeah. let me take no. my five running friends. It was actually, let me just take my friends and, and yeah. friends that are up for it. Because yeah. it, it actually, it was birthed from this spirit of actually being inclusive. Yes. And that's great with you talk about like the kids and, and, and the women. Because, I mean, uh, you know, I really wish that, you know, a lot of people would uh, would take this similar approach to anything that they're doing, whether it's communities or businesses or, yeah. you know, setting up things. This idea of how do we have a reflection, uh, you know, how do we turn the mirror back on the, the communities that we live in, but mm. then focus them on something that's powerful, like, uh, yeah. like running and sport. Yeah, definitely. I like the way you phrase that, turning the mirror back on them. That's really yeah. good. But I mean, I mean, and, and I say this very fondly, I'm like a, a lot of the... The work and the projects that, that I've done over the years in London and with our communities, it, it's very much taken that inspiration of what you've done. I remember that when we started setting up Just Breathe, which is our kind of mindfulness community and big meditation events, and and what what we did, which which I, I definitely say quite often is, I mean, taking cues in, in from yeah. your world of of bringing it so it's about lifestyle, it's culture, it's about art, it's about music. It's not just one single disciplinary things because for a lot yeah. of people you know like like runners and like people who meditate let's say seriously 
a lot of times they have their world figured out. Like if you're yeah. a, if you're a <laughs> yeah. hardcore runner, you know you your thing. You know the people you run with. You have all your tech. You know all the things to do. But you know that's the one percent of the world who kind of knows what that's all about. It. But there's ninety nine percent of the rest of the world, or kind of what we call the real world, that says, you know what, I'm inspired, but I actually don't know what to do, where to go, or how to feel like I belong. Yeah, so true. So so true. I think it's for me coming into run. I didn't come into running as someone who had, you know, a strong history of being an athlete. My thing was I had stopped moving altogether once yeah. I left the school structure. And so when you're coming into something as an outsider and you're, but you're coming into it from, say, skate culture or from hip hop or from, you know, music culture, from art, when you arrive at this, this newfound passion, you start seeing the holes really quickly. And I think that's something that you've managed to do, you know, with the work that you do is you realized, you know, that closing your eyes and sitting cross-legged is not enough. You know, there's a whole, particularly if the lessons that you learn whilst you are, you know, meditating are not being taken back into your life. And so I think what we've both managed to do is to kind of create this idea of a lifestyle around this passion which is mm. almost like a, which means that there are lots of different entry points and exit points, you know, and it's, uh, I think that's what, I think that's one of the magic ingredients that lots of people just don't understand because what they will do is they will kind of say, for example, you know, right, I'm going to set up a running crew and I'm going to take all my influences from old school running culture. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so you're not learning anything new. You're not bringing anything new to the table. You're not remixing the culture. You're not, you know, you just. And you're, and you're not bringing any new people into it as well. Exactly. And I think it's always really important to bring new people into whatever you do. Because they are often the people who will help you pivot. You know, I, I know for me, what you know, for obviously when you first start running, you know, you start to fall in love with the achievements and then. You know, you do get very, you do go for a phase of becoming very performance based, but then you run with a young person who kind of is maybe quicker than you and fitter than you, but actually is just like, oh, I just like running because it's fun. Mm. And it's almost like they remind you of why you got into the thing in the first place. So t talk me through that kind of process. Obviously, I mean, and I'll say this very honestly, I'm not a runner. I think over the years, I've always said, what, what, I should go running with Charlie, and I never do. <laughs> but I mean, for you as a runner, maybe it's the same way as that for me, I would look at things like yoga and meditation. Mm -hmm. Other people would look at football or sport. I mean, what, what does running do for you specifically when you're out there? Or I mean, what has that journey been like? I think one of the most immediate things I noticed when I started running was that it gave me a, a time to think because it was the only time in my weekly schedule where I wasn't a slave to the computer. There were no emails coming through. There was no one demanding my time other than myself. And so that, you know, just taking that 10, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour to just spend time with yourself was really, really powerful for me. Because I think, especially as a DJ, you know, it's kind of, you kind of get to a point where the most, you know, your your level, your barometer of success is the amount of people you've managed to squeeze into the room. Yeah. And the amount of people outside who are trying to get in. So having a work job that involved being around lots of people 
it was really powerful to kind of actually be reminded of what can be achieved when you spend time by yourself. Right. So I think that, you know, that was a mental thing that came into my life. And then the idea of structure. So I think when people leave a school system, they forget the importance of structure. So it's amazing how many people you speak to who say, oh my gosh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I've got this on and that on, and this on and this on and this, I've got to do this and that deadline. And then you'll speak to like a 15-year-old who's studying for GCSEs and in any one day they're doing, you know, five or six different subjects and they're doing homework for four different subjects and they're kind of quite comfortably doing that because that's all they know. So I think the idea of when you're training for a marathon or training for a race, the idea that this big moment at the end has been broken down into smaller ch segments is really good for the brain. Mm. And, and that was really important to me again, because it kind of reminded me in some ways of DJing where you're, you're always thinking four records ahead. So you're setting up that big moment and then you're going on, a, you know, on another journey. And so that was kind of some of the things that I took from running when I first kind of got into it. And so then, I mean, that's fascinating. And I think there's a lot of things that you said there, which I'm going to come back to, which I, which I think are really powerful. But just that sense of, of kind of when, when you were DJing and when you are kind of in that environment, and like you said, you're you're working four records ahead trying to get somewhere. I mean, there, there's obviously got to be something quite uh, powerful when you're running, when it's just simply about all I have is right now. Yes, yes. You know, when you're when you're looking to find your voice, and your own power and you're looking to step into your own light and you're, and you're looking to, you know, find your potential. Sometimes you have to strip away the team so that you know that if everything falls apart, at least you can do it. And if you know that you can do it, then you can start sharing what you've learned with other people. Yeah. But I think yeah. a lot of times what happens is people ask people to do things that they are not prepared to do themselves. And, you know, we know that as people who work, for, you know, as a freelancer, yeah. as a creative, it's kind of the amount of people I know who are kind of like, you know, I want to have this big thing happen. And then you start breaking it down. And there are so many steps that they are not prepared to do. Yeah, they're not willing to do the work. They're not willing to do the work. And the running forces you to do the work. Yeah. And, and I think what you, you said a, a moment ago, which I think is both counterintuitive to maybe what a lot of people think is just this idea of what you said is how powerful we are when we're alone but a lot of times we don't give ourselves the opportunity to see what that's like i mean yeah. what what you just said about this whole concept of uh, you know I find there's a lot of conversations out there about confidence, and I think there's a definitely a, a value in seeing that ability to be, uh, you know, empowered by by yourself and the things that you do. But I always come from the place of it, it should be about competence over confidence, right? Mm, Capabilities yeah. over confidence, yeah. and mm -hmm. and to your point, which I think is really brilliant, is this ability to hone in on your own capabilities can only come from a place of being by yourself or tuning inward or to figuring out, you know, what, what your skills are or your discipline level is or your work ethic is or, or your ability to actually be nice to yourself is. Yeah, most, most definitely. And I, I think that's what makes the times we're going in now so interesting. Yeah. Because actually now people are realizing I actually have to be self-sufficient. 
because all of these things that I've had around me are now not there. Mm. So now it really is about, you know, callousing my mind and, you know, getting my discipline on because it's, it's amazing how quickly the structure and systems can unravel when they're left to their own devices. Oh, absolutely. And I think especially right now, because we are in this really unique, rare moment in, in time where everyone's been moved indoors, everyone's been told to work from home, everyone's a bit more remote and online. Mm. I think it's a fascinating opportunity. And maybe you can kind of give your, your words on this of how a runner's mind can be used at home right now. Right. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the one thing I will say the one thing I've learned is running by itself is not enough. And that was one of the big mistakes that I, that took me a long while to realize is that running by itself is not, is not enough. But when you add in the meditation and the yoga and, you know, and, and a, and a movement practice and the nutrition and everything, then suddenly, you know, it's like this jigsaw puzzle puzzle starts, you know, almost doing itself in front of you. So from a runner's point of view, I would say, you know, what this has taught me is this is a journey. This is a marathon, not a sprint. And I think that what happens is when the lockdown kind of occurred, people just thought, oh, OK, well, it'll just be, you know, a week, two weeks, and then we'll be allowed out and then we go back to normal. And I think now suddenly people are realising it's kind of the world is changing, will change. And because of that, you have to change as a person as well. Um, I think so as a runner who has has worked a lot on working towards goals and has always documented the changes within myself what you one of the things you can do is you know simply keeping a journal of how you're feeling from day to day because often I think what happens is people start to feel emotionally different but don't understand why because they haven't documented the lead up so they're just focusing on right. the, you know, that one moment of uh, I'm feeling either ecstatically happy or I'm feeling really depressed. And they haven't really documented any of the middle ground that happens in between. And I think when you start documenting the middle ground in between, how that helps you survive during these times is it starts to help you recognize patterns. Yeah. So almost like that thing of when you're on the run and you reach a certain point, you speed up or you slow down. Or it's a reminder. So that's, I think, is one thing that's really, you know, important for people to do. Um, I think the one thing that running teaches you is that it, it leads you on a journey where you become very much in tune with your body. And I think lots of times what people do is people think of the body almost like a spacesuit. It's just one big thing called the body. Yeah. And they forget that it's made up of all these smaller parts. And what running does is kind of running will really quickly remind you if a certain part is not working. So it, it forces you to kind of think about things in a 360 kind of, um, you know, view. And the last thing I would say is running, although in running you're always kind of working towards the finish line or working towards a, being a better or faster version of yourself, there is a moment in every run, the perfect moment, which is where you just start enjoying the moment and celebrating the mm. fact that you're in the moment. And it's almost kind of, your body can be in the most immense pain, but suddenly this, this sense of euphoria comes in. And, and that's one thing I would say to people is kind of, 
you know, take every day as a, as a chance to just enjoy as much of it as you can. Because we may never get this downtime again. Yeah. I mean, that's such a, that's such a powerful way to look at it. I mean, with that sense of enjoyment or euphoria that, that you find in a run or people find in a run, is, is there a, I mean, is, is there steps to get there or is it just something that just happens when you're not even looking for it? I mean, is, well, is, is it something that you can find? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, well, there were, you know, there are there two things I would, I would say, just rewinding back slightly. Yeah. Is the one thing that running has taught me is I always say to people in running crew, I'm not teaching you how to run a marathon or train for a marathon. I'm treating you how to be fit enough to live and survive in the city where you live. Mm. And so, uh, you know, as I'm saying to all my runners, it's kind of your whole life has been a preparation for this moment that is happening right now. Whether you run or you don't run, your life has been a preparation for this moment. And now is the test. Like, we're here now. And all the start line is saying to you is, are you ready? If you're ready, I'm going to take care of you. Right. If you're not ready, you better learn how to be ready. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but it's going to take care of you. You know, it's kind of like if you can create this structure around yourself and take care of yourself, you're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. You know, there are lots of times when you're in races where kind of, you know, you've looked at the bench of temptation and thought, I just want to stop. I just want to sit down. And then something kicks back into your brain, which is, I'm going to be okay. Mm. One step at a time. One step at a time. Propelling myself forward. One step at a time. Even if I have to walk, let me just keep moving towards the finish line. One step at a time. I've got this. And, you know, that's something that I've learned a lot from watching. You know, when we set up the London Marathon, we watch it from, you know, you know, we do this big cheer station at mile 21 of the London Marathon in Limehouse in East London. So we see right. the very first elite runner very first disabled runner right the way through to the people who are coming through in eight not you know eight hours right and the thing you learn from looking at the people who are coming through in eight hours is don't give up you've got this every single person that's seeing you at this moment wants you to succeed as long as you keep moving forward the finish line will eventually arrive and so that's what i'm saying to people is kind of you know there is no one in your life right now who doesn't want you to get through this process of time that we mm -hmm. are going through. There is no one on the planet who doesn't want you to be the best that you can be to get through this time. And that's probably the only time, you know, that I can think of where the entire planet has been aligned with the same value, which is keep each other safe. We must survive. Yeah. It's such a rare moment in human history and probably for all of our life and lifetimes mm -hmm. to have this uh you know this moment of of deep reflection and attention towards our own well-being and each other's and it's one of those things exactly. that you know we you know exactly what you're saying about kind of that that mindfulness of running this this ability to have our own attention i mean there we have to look at that hopefully you know through all maybe the the negativity that is out there that there is a beautiful positivity if we allow ourselves the the attention to appreciate it 
And right now in this aspect of being at home and this need for this um, strong mental approach to our life and livelihood, I mean, how important is uh, running not just as a kind of a, a lifestyle support, but I mean, are you still out on the road every single day right now? I'm not on the road every single day. I'm, alter I'm alternating my days, actually. And what I'm trying to do is alternate between strength training days at home in the garden, yoga, and in a day of play. I try and put a day, I'm trying to put a, like a, a day of play in where I just play with my body. So whether I'm just got some tennis balls out and I'm just juggling them around or, mm. on my, you know, on my all fours, just kind of moving a tennis ball around, just making up games in my garden to keep my brain and my body occupied. And I'm kind of going through this whole process because when the whole, you know, lockdown kind of starts to occur, obviously there was this kind of big surge of kind of activity online and various people coming with these different fitness deliveries. And what I actually started thinking is if I was 13, so if I was like my son's age, because when I speak to my, you know, my son, he's like, oh, I'm cool, dad. Like everything's cool. He's like yeah. loving it. He's like, you know, because he's looking at it for a sense of play. So he's just like, oh, I'm just going to go out on the trampoline and bounce up and down for about 10 minutes and then come back in and then go back out and bounce again for 10 minutes. So I'm just thinking, actually, I'm just going to imagine that this space that I'm in is my school playground. Right. Yeah. And what are the games I would make up in my school playground with the stuff that I had that was there? And that's been really kind of exciting and, you know, amazing kind of like I've been going through a period at the moment of running on the spot and just seeing how long I can run on the spot for. For no other reason than, I, you know, I want to be able to look back and say, well, yeah, I got to the point where I could run on the spot for five minutes without getting bored. Yeah. <laughs> Just Breathe is an organization focused on real-world connections, in-person, online, and in-mass. We create shared experiences which bring people together and celebrate the power of doing less in a more meaningful way. Take a moment to download the Just Breathe app, our simple and easy-to-use app with guided meditations and soundtracks, created and recorded specially to calm the mind and ease the body. We've literally put the power of mindfulness in the palm of your hand. And even more, it's free. So download the app now on all iPhone and Android devices. And for more information about our growing conversation, visit us at justbreatheproject.com, where you'll find more about our other podcasts, video content, and amazing opportunities to connect. And follow along on Instagram at justbreathe. It's one of those kind of brilliant things about being human is that we grow up thinking that we need to be adults all the time. And right now it's yeah, exactly. just kind of this this whole thing of like remembering what it's like to play, to have fun. If you're lucky yep. enough like you to be around people of that age or that younger generation. I mean, I remember it like when I was a kid. I mean, you know, the only difference between boredom and uh, excitement is your creativity, your willingness exactly. to get involved, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's something I've actually taken from yoga practice because I, I, you know, I, I don't know if that happened to you, but I know when I qualified as a yoga instructor, 
you're having a kind of initial burst when you're doing loads of yoga and you're doing loads of classes and doing loads of yoga. And then you suddenly start finding that your own practice starts going down because you're doing more classes. Mm -hmm. And actually what the thing I forgot is kind of when you're, you know, when you're going through your yoga teacher training process, one of the things I really loved was the kind of this idea of for 20 minutes a day, just get on your mat and just move around, just move and explore your body. And so that's a kind of similar kind of approach that I'm kind of taking to this period of exercise is kind of, there's lots of stuff that I could do, but I already know how to do that. And I know what happens when I do that. I know the results. So maybe I can do a bit less of that and more of some stuff that I haven't really had a chance to explore, like balance, for example. Yeah. You know, and, and almost kind of, because I think what's really interesting about the period of time we're in now is the yogis are quite happy because they can have that home practice. Yeah. So they've adapted quite well. Mm -hmm. All my friends who I know who are kind of consistently in the gym are really kind of now starting to panic because they're not in the gym atmosphere. And yeah. I think what they're now realizing is gym, gym, gym 24 seven is not enough when it really, really goes down. And so I think what's happening is lots of people's movement practice as, are starting to adapt and evolve as we go through this period. So that for me is really exciting. Yeah, I, I think it's really exciting as well. I mean, I'm I'm probably of that of that majority or minority, however you look at it, where I'm quite happy to practice at home, um, whether mm. it's yoga or other kind of movement based things. And it, it's one of those really interesting um, situations where it's almost like if you, you know, it's it's like if you took a bunch of you know nine year olds and sat them around the table and said, you know what, come up with the the strangest environment when you wouldn't be able to play sport or do fitness mm. or, or go to the gym and they were like, all right, well, imagine the whole world shut down. And you couldn't leave your house. What would you do? Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. one of those like we're, we're in that right now. And yeah, I know that right now, obviously, there's a few kind of, let's say, government recommendations or parameters like you can go outside for mm -hmm. a run for 30 minutes or an hour or, or whatever it is mm -hmm. right now. And so, I mean, speak to me about that. I mean, when you're out on the on, on the road right now, are you seeing mm -hmm. more people, less people? What, uh, what What's going on out there? I'm definitely seeing more and more people than I've ever seen before, particularly at this time of year. Usually there's a big spike in kind of January, February. But now it's kind of, there are people I'm seeing on the road. And I can tell that this is the first time that they've ever run because they're running in all types of kind of, I just grab whatever's closest to me so I can get myself outside. Yeah. Um, so that's been really good. And it's been really interesting to see seeing people going on their running journey. Because again, what's interesting about, I think, any physical pastime that you take up, I always say to people, the, the first year is always the best year. Because you're just doing it, because every time you go out is a PB, is a new right. achievement. So yeah. seeing all these people coming out, you know, you're seeing people blossoming because they're kind of, <laughs> they're going on this journey of self-discovery, you know, through running where it's like, man, I, I just, I ran around the block. I've never been able to do that before. Mm. Tomorrow I'm going to try that twice. Myself yeah. personally, you know, I'm not, you know, again, what I'm trying to do is play with my city. So rather than going for long runs that take me very far away from my house, I'm staying very, very close. Right. So I'm either doing block sprints, where literally I'm coming at my house, first right, first right, first right, and then back round again. You know, doing figure of eights, 
keeping mm-hmm. it really close and really trying to look for kind of natural features that are in my close vicinity that I can play with. So it might be, you know, I'm going to run slowly between lamppost A and lamppost B, and then I'm going to speed up for the next four, and then I'm going to slow down. So again, I'm just kind of using this time to kind of challenge my body in different ways because I can go out and run those long, you know, I can go out and run my usual route at any point. Mm. But now I'm just thinking, well, you know, what could be done, especially as someone who is kind of influential in, in, you know, in the running game and in the running culture. My thing I'm thinking is, our whole thing so far has been based around this idea of bringing people together to run together. But actually, what would happen, you know, have we really prepared people, our runners, for the moment that we have now? Which is you can't go and run your, you know, your half marathon distance or your 10K. And you can't go to the park. And you can't run in, in the streets. So actually, you've got to keep it local. So I'm just kind of working on this idea of kind of stuff that can be learned during this time that can be also passed on to, you know, beginners because it's not taking you far away from your house. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I think, I mean, what, what I find is really um, inspiring about kind of this whole running movement and community and especially the way that you're looking at it in the sense of, you know, we can change the way we run and we change the way we kind of do our, our workouts. But, but ultimately, it's about expanding your awareness, expanding what yeah. you can understand about your environment. Yeah. And even this idea back to the, the sense of community, I mean, uh, I'll tell you a kind of a little anecdote that um, a, a teacher once told me was this whole sense, and, and it works with running, it works with yoga, it works with leadership, it works with community, is that when you get people together who are interested or inspired about the same thing, and let's say running, mm-hmm. and you, you bring them all together regularly and consistently, it's it's almost like this idea that you're bringing people together around the you know the around the same bonfire to kind of light a little stick or a little kind of mm. um you know a little match to get them going uh, and while you're together it burns really brightly and everyone's having a good time and there's this warmth to it and there's this beautiful feeling but fundamentally you know the the creation of people coming together like in run them crew or in any of your other running communities is actually then to take that warmth and that light and then go spread it out Right, and exactly. go share it and also to go and be sustainable by yourself so that actually life continues mm. and we have this warmth even when we're alone and i find that a lot in what you're saying with this this spirit and community of running that that you've, you've not only built and been a part of but you know it, it is quite apparent right now <laughs> yeah but i think it's you know i think when we came about you know, I, I always said to people that the Run Them Crew story was all was just about trying to build a foundation for a moment that was yet to come. Yeah. And so, you know, I think what we're realizing, I think people, what people are realizing now is the power and the importance of community. And what I'm really enjoying about these times is how seeing these different communities springing up around technology, around conversation, just around different ideas. It's kind of, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting period of time, you know, for the generation of new ideas and new ways of, of thinking. Well, I was actually interested to talk to you about, you know, meditation and this period of time and the importance of meditation at this time. 
Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, I, I'm going to put meditation very similar into this dialogue of, of how you've been talking about running, and, and you just talk about beautifully how kind of random crew and running was setting the foundation uh, for the future or for a time to come. And, and I would maybe ask you, is that time right now? Like, is, is, is everything that you've been building or working and growing is now the moment um, when all of the work and the effort and the benefit from um, the running community and culture can really be put into work right now? Because that's what it is for meditation. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe not so because the running does involve people having to be go outside. So, but I think that what's happening is because the runners are now not, you know, being allowed to be outside in big groups and allowed to be outside as much as they'd like to be, they're learning about the importance of yoga and meditation and strength training and all of this other stuff because they're at home being exposed to it and they can't really ignore it because it's now just dripping into their lives because it's coming at you from all angles. You know, you talk to your friend and they're like, oh, I'm cool. Like, how come you're cool? Everyone else is freaking out. Oh, yeah, yeah man. Just been doing my Jedi training in the morning, you know. <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, everyone I know who meditates is just like, oh, yeah, man, this is cool. This is like... Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of these things, I mean, especially for me and maybe the, the circles I travel in, I mean, with, with meditation, I mean, the, this very much is the... Uh, you know the the greatest human example of what meditation is right yeah pausing yeah. appreciating that not everything's in your control and finding a sense of awareness within it without trying to predict the future or to try to equate it as good or bad now exactly. maybe i have a maybe slant is biased uh, approach <laughs> on the value of meditation because it's a personal practice and what i teach and what i kind of advocate for but whether you are familiar or have any experience with meditation or mindfulness or yoga, it's really hard to deny right now that there is value in starting or establishing any practices in your life that actually give you a sense of uh, well-being, give you a sense of certainty, give you a sense of uh, awareness or self-awareness mm. because the world's been shaken in a way where, you know, if this was a snow globe, everything is, is moving around. <laughs> and one of the best things to do is actually just to put it down and let it be for a moment, which is maybe yeah, this most moment. Definitely. Most definitely. definitely. Yeah. One no, thing I wanted to ask you, coming back to this kind of when you're out on the road and you're seeing a lot more people running and a lot more people kind of out there, is there any, is there a sense of kind of like camaraderie out there of kind of like everyone giving each other a big, a bit of a wave or a what's up? Like, I see you out here doing your thing. I think, well, I I think what's happening with, is people are going for a moment and a moment where they're, they're quite startled when they see people. And there's this almost kind of ritual that's happening is, well, do I acknowledge the fact that I've seen another person? What are they thinking about me? Because are they thinking I should be in my house? Can I say hello? So I still think it's a bit uncertain. I always say hello to people. You know, I will always nod my head, give a thumbs up some sort of sign of signal that I've seen you because I think it's important, you know, because as I said, you know, to people is kind of, people always forget about the people even who are watching them from their windows. Right. Who are watching them from the, you know, I always say that to people and it's kind of, you're not just running for the watch, you know, you're running to, in fact, take your watch off and don't think about the distance. Run with feeling. When you run with feeling, I think feeling produces joy. I and mean, when people see you in, running and enjoying yourself so 
it's not a slog. It doesn't have to be a slog. It can be something that's enjoyable. And I think people are very inspired when they see people moving, particularly at this time. You know, and um, I think when you do see someone, I think a message of encouragement, you know, I see you and appreciate you. Because I think, as I always say to people, the older you get in life, the less people tell you when you do good. Mm. And so if you, even if you think about this thing of that, you know, that's going around at the moment, like, you know, eight o'clock, come outside your house, you know, clap for, you know, the NHS. Some people may be sitting at home thinking, oh, that's cheesy or that's not enough, but it's something. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, I definitely feel like, you know, when, if, the, you know, the postman come, you know, and it's like there are all these workers who are still out there, you know, the dustbin men, just, just a, like a thumbs up or like, yeah, dude, like, like I see you. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you. You know? Yeah. It's kind of, it's not even a matter of saying like, well done because you're out, but more the thing of, I appreciate you at this moment in time. Yeah. And, and I think that's such an important thing to acknowledge people, to appreciate people. You know, there's this, this fundamental nature, which we have in a lot of practices is allowing people to feel like they belong. And right mm. now it's about allowing people to feel like they belong to, you know, humanity, this, this sense of, exactly. uh, of being a part of kind of the human race. I mean, maybe right now a lot of people are staying home, but also, you know, this idea of staying home, there, there is an element of luxury to that that only some people can afford to stay at home right now. There are people who are doctors and nurses, uh, key essential workers, or the people that are getting the post out, getting your basic necessities out. And so, you know, they are putting themselves at risk to be of service. And, you know, uh, you know, exactly to what you've said, the least we can do is say, look, I acknowledge that we're, we're in this together. We're a part of a yeah. bigger conversation. And, you know, it, it's a, it's a powerful thing um, to, to say things out loud. It's easy to take things for granted and just go, yeah, they know, well, you know, it's yeah. nice to, even if they know, it's nice to hear it again. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And it's, it's so important. And I was, you know, I encourage people to, to do that, especially during this time, you know, and one thing I've been doing is kind of just actually calling people up to just say, you're going to be okay. And reminding them of the qualities in, in our friendship yeah. or the qualities within them that I like and admire and, and reminding them of the reasons why, you know, they're going to be okay. Because I think, you know, one thing's really important is to check in with the people who are your, you know, your leaders or your pillars of strength, you know, in your, in your friendship circle, because they need the reminder as well. Yeah. And I think that's important as well. I think, especially for the, especially for the people around us that are that are the strong ones, the the ones that are, who are uh, always supporting everyone else. You know, they're, they're they also need the support as well. And I think it's that sense of support everyone. Now, the 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 other question I had for you, and obviously for some people, running's just not their thing. So this whole yeah, idea, you yeah. know, just get out. And go for a run, even if it's for, you know, 10, 20 minutes, you know, mm. part of their brain's still gone, nah, or, or they, they go, Charlie, you just said, go right, go right, go right, go right to yeah. get back to the house. And they go, well, yeah. by the time I get to the first right, I'm done. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? that's, I mean, that's what, okay. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what mentality can people take from this conversation or from running, even if they're quite uh, resistant to it, or it's just, just not ever been their thing? Well, the thing is, people have to understand is that running is a very natural thing. It's within all of us. 
And if you ever look at kids when they're kind of, you know, first learning to walk, once they've learned how to walk, the first one they want to do is run away from you as quickly as possible. You know, every opportunity they get, they want to test out their legs and run. So I always say to people is don't look at running as a punishment and don't look at it through the eyes of how you looked at it when you were at school, where running was just about those who come first, second and third are the best and everyone else is making up the numbers. So when I work with people and they're, you know, they're consistently telling me, and we specialize in working with people who are difficult to reach, people who say to you, I can't run, I hate running. What we then focus on is, well, let's just go out for a walk for 10 minutes. And what we're going to do, you know, after some time, we'll turn maybe 20 seconds of that walk into a very, very slow shuffle. And we reintroduce and remind the body of what running can do for it and why it's beneficial. And it's a very slow process. But I think what happens is a lot of times people, they come outside their house, they want to impress their neighbours and they want to be good straight away. And they forget all of the steps that go in between. So it's kind of like, you know, as a yoga teacher, everyone wants to basically do the super pose, but doesn't really want to do any of the fundamentals that you need to build the strength and the balance and the understanding of that pose. And so yeah. we just rewind time and take people back to the very beginning and almost, you know, we say, before we start running, we're going to reintroduce you into the pleasure of walking. I love that. And I think that's so that that's something that is really such an interesting and, and insightful way to look at it, um, where there is this sense of appreciating the progress and appreciating just starting, just starting, right? Just, mm. just the power of starting. People find walking frustrating. Yeah. Especially when they're dressed in athletic apparel. Right. So it's really funny. It's kind of like, you know, you put people in athletic apparel and tell them to go on a walk. And it's one of the hardest things they can do because they just automatically feel that they should run. Right. And I always say to people, it's kind of, you know, when you start listening to your body, your body will tell you when it wants to run and when it doesn't want to run. But you have to give your body permission to lead. Whereas a lot of people do is they get a training plan and then they get a watch and then they declare to the world that they're going to go and run this thing. And so they're not, they're not giving their body time to acclimatize to what the brain is, you know, is, you know, the brain's making all the decisions. Got to let the body make the decisions. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really <laughs> nice way. So, I mean, in, in all this, and I mean, uh, I think this, uh, this conversation is really, for me, really interesting and personally very kind of uh, inspiring. For people who are at home right now, whether they fall along the lines of being a runner mm -hmm. or they're someone who running is not quite a normal or natural thing. I mean, it's a normal and natural thing but, or mm -hmm. kind of their, their most favorite thing to do. In this time right now, when we are a bit uncertain and, and a bit more housebound, mm -hmm. where where would you take all of this as a first recommendation for people? Like, what what, how can this mindset and this mentality that that you spent obviously a lot of your life, both living mm -hmm. and then inspiring others, how can we bring some of this into our lives today, right now, given the current situation? Well, I think one of the first things to do is to take a pen and a piece of paper. And to write and have a very honest conversation with yourself about how you want to feel, how you want to show up for the world when this is all over. 
What type of person do you want to be? What contribution do you want to make? And then secondly, what I would do is, you know, I would say to people, just before we start running, we need to write the letter to ourselves about what running means to us. Because that's a relationship that's going to change. We need to start documenting the process. So you could just write down on a piece of paper, I hate running. But then be very honest about why you hate running. And then I think, you know, the, the thing that you do, you do then is you just start, you start on the walking. You know, you just start going out on the walk. And I always say to people, it's kind of, in your pocket when you go out, generally you're going to have a phone, which means you've got an art gallery and you've got, you know, a recording device and you've got a video camera. So maybe you might just want to go out and say, I'm just going to record, you know, take some pictures of things that I see on this walk, run, jog that interest me and start documenting yeah. those, you know, because the one thing I always say about running, you start running particularly when you start running the same route, you start noticing things that you've never noticed before. Mm. And then, you know, as I always say to people is, you know, when I come home from my run, when, you know, once the stretching is done and the warm down is done, the notebook comes out and I start documenting what I learned about myself from that process of moving. And then who I hope to share that with, what impact do I hope to, to have that on the world or my community? I always say to people, it's like, you know, I don't run. I, do not run, push earth down with feet and leave your footprints in the concrete behind you. So, you know, this is a chance for you to rediscover the importance of a very, very basic movement. And so the ability to run towards the ones you love, to run away from danger, to run for survival, to run for food, this is a chance for you to kind of embark on that journey. You have to Yoda the situation. <laughs> you know, and, but my vision of running and the way I look at running, particularly these days, is, is very much from a kind of, I call it mindful running, you know, and this idea that the watch doesn't dictate my performance. What dictates my performance is how the run made me feel. So one thing I've been doing recently is, you know, if I go out and I'm not going out for a long time, maybe I'll run for 10 minutes and then I will stop and then take a moment to breathe, left hand on heart, right hand on belly, close down my eyes and breathe for one minute, two minutes, get my breath back. And then I go again. So, you know, while and while I'm out really thinking about my five senses, what do I hear? What do I see? What do I smell? And, you know, and just looking at it in that way, almost the idea of kind of, if you've never run before, well, how do you start? And the thing, I, last thing I will say is everybody is different. And, you know, the biggest thing I learned from my yoga teacher training, and something I was trying to tell my students is your body is different from my body. So what works in your body may not work in my body. So therefore... Concentrate on what's going on in your body. Stop looking around your map, what's going on in everyone else's body. And so the way you run, make it unique to you and have the confidence to own that. Because what may, works for Joe Wicks may not work for you, and that's okay. Yeah, amazing. And I, I couldn't think of a more uh, powerful way to, to wind up this conversation 
Charlie, thank you so much um, well, for you, spending man. a bit of time. It's always such a joy and a pleasure to have a chat and to catch up whenever I see you out and about. And even now, uh, you know, and having this moment together to have a conversation, I think what you're doing and even more importantly, who you are and the way that you can translate a lot of these wisdoms that you've kind of become aware of and practiced throughout your life are really so powerful and impactful right now um, in in this time. Um, I mean, I have to thank you because I will honestly say if it wasn't for Boys of Yoga, I never would have gotten a yoga mat. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Because that was such a, that, that was, you know, I mean, that, obviously that's another conversation, but yeah, just the energy that you guys put out and the content that you put out and the way you showed up for me, it was just like, you know, it really caught my attention in a way that has been life-changing. So, yeah, thank well, much. thank you so much. And even now, I mean, you've done your yoga teacher training with, with Carl yep. at Stretch. Yep. I mean, you you know this world inside now. And, and I think, you know, as we as we both get older and hopefully a little bit wiser, we can realize that it's not one thing. There's, you know, it's building a lifestyle of well-being that's going to keep us kind of, yeah. you know, as you said, you know, making sure that you can kind of keep yourself healthy in the long term, uh, yeah, which is a beautiful definitely. thing. So my last question for you is, is ultimately this, and it's, Uh, Of this kind of moment that we're in, you know, and if we take uh, a wider lens or a wider view of the world, you know, what what do you think is going to be a silver lining or a big positive that hopefully is going to carry on after this crisis? I think that people will realize that the old ways are not the only ways and that there are different ways that we can both live and work and grow together. That's what I think, you know, is one of the big positives that I'm taking this time. I'm taking, I'm looking forward to seeing the creativity that, you know, people have been working on. I'm looking forward to to seeing that. I think mass group gatherings are going to become even more important. And I think what people are realizing now is it doesn't just have to be people in the club. Yeah. You know, there are other ways that people can come together so i think even for you know for your events i think it's gonna be really interesting seeing these new faces coming out to them because there are all these new people now who are getting into well-being and running and meditation and fitness and kind of in getting into everything so i think what's happened is there's been this shake-up and what's happened is lots of the voices that you expect to be kind of guiding you through this time are not really doing that great a job and there were these new people who were coming through. And I think what you're going to also have is like a, a, a more digitally savvy world where people realize what the digital world can be really used for. So I'm excited. You know, I'm really excited about the time, you know, that's to come and the time we're going through. And, you know, obviously there are days when it's, you know, I'm thinking very positively about it and days when the thoughts are not so positive. But what I'm allowing myself to think is, you know what, that's okay. And we're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I've watched enough, you know, disaster films to know that they're generally always okay in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so this is like being in Jurassic Park. It's fine. It's like, we're going to be good. We're going to be good. We're going to be good. It's going to be great. Well, thank you so much, Charlie, for the chat. Now, if people are interested in, in finding you, following your work, or kind of joining yeah. in on, on a run, I mean, where's the best places they can kind of connect with you? So you can always catch me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. 
Um, you can find me at Daddy Dark RDC, and you can also find me at Run Them Crew at Run Dem Crew. If none of that works, just put the hashtag Run Them Crew in to whatever search engine you're looking for, and we should turn up. We can find us once this is all lifted um, at Brixton Street Gym on a Tuesday night, 7 p.m. We've been going for 13 years. You are welcome. Come down. If you want to run one mile, half a mile, two miles, 10, doesn't matter. Just come down and be part of the community. If you just want to come down and just hang out, we've got people who are part of Run Them Crew. They've never run a step with us, but they're still part of the family. So um, Amazing. Yeah, get involved. I love that. And I love the fact that you just said, even if you haven't run a step, you're still part of the family. And I think that yeah, that really step. goes to show the, the spirit of, of who you are and that willingness to, to, to be inclusive. And I think now more than ever is, is what we need is to everyone have that, to feel like they are, they are part of something, uh, especially now, uh, more than ever. Most definitely. Most definitely. So thank you. Thank you so much, Charlie. Um, for everyone else who is listening at home that wants to stay connected, please check in with Charlie's, check in with Random Crew. And um, thank you all, as always, for listening to this episode where we've talked more about uh, different ways that we can support ourselves at home. You can follow along my journey in what we're doing. Uh, at Michael James Wong, as well as the Just Breathe community at Just Breathe, both on Instagram as well as on the website, justbreatheproject.com, where you'll find a lot of conversations just like this to really show how mindfulness is relevant in the real world. So once again, this podcast is available on all platforms. Go to Apple to subscribe it and like it and rate it and all that type of stuff, just as a means to getting these conversations out there. So we will see you next time. We hope that you continue on this journey and your own journey by keeping well in these uncertain times. And thanks again for listening to The Quiet Life. Mm-hmm.